Hi, I'm Pastor Torin Brooks, and welcome to Faith Christian Church. So glad you decided to join us today. For the next 30 minutes, we're going to be looking through God's Word and finding ways for it to apply to our lives today. Hope you enjoy this morning's sermon. Because hope is one of those things that should be one of the keystones in every message, in every church, every Sunday, is that there's hope. There's hope out there. Now, you know a lot of people, and you may not realize this or not, but there's a lot of people that every day in America give up hope. Whether it's, uh, in fact, I was watching a, 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 a show the other day uh, on, on TV, whether it was good or bad, I won't say, but this person had, uh, had gotten into a situation where they had just did not see a way out. And right there in front of the T, right when the TV cameras had turned and went to interview somebody else in the family, uh, that person took 40 pills and tried to end their own life. Luckily, they weren't left alone for long and they were able to get right in there, call 911 and save that person's life. But people lose hope every day. Jesus did not come to this earth for the church to abandon the message of hope. Listen to me. Jesus did not do everything he did for you and me so that when hopelessness seems to reign around us, for us to go, well, that's just the way things are. No, it's not. Jesus came to give all of us hope, not just for the church, but for everyone who would believe on him. And I believe with with everything inside of me this morning that the message of hope has to reign supreme in the church. And if anybody else uses that word hope, it ought to be about the church. It ought to be about what Jesus did. And I just, not only for the sake of the church this morning, but the sake of people that watch on television and watch on the internet, I just want to remind us this morning what our message of hope is. First of all, I want to talk to you that God has given us hope for our past. I want you to understand that God never intended for Jesus to sacrifice his life for us to be bound by the sins of our past. Listen to me this morning. Let me speak to to people who may not serve Jesus Christ for just a minute. Jesus died on the cross so that you could have hope that the guilt of your sins could be erased. You don't have to live that way anymore. You can wake up in the morning refreshed and renewed with a clear conscience, knowing Jesus Christ has taken those sins and the guilt of those sins away from you and has set you free by the power of his blood. I want you to know that's a message of hope this morning. Do you know how many people out there live in such a way because they say, well, pastor, you don't know what I've done. We used to hear it all the time. We would go to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, and, and, and be around all these soldiers who would come up to us, and they would say things like this. Uh, Torin, I, I know you're talking about hope, and you're talking about salvation, but you don't know what I've done in my past. It's, it's awful. I've, I've, I've hurt people. I, I've, I've, uh, one, one girl came up to me, and she said, I've had a dozen abortions. God can't forgive me. I said, oh, yes, he can. Not only can he forgive you, he wants to forgive you. I had one time a man came up. I preached a message, and a guy came up to me. He said, Torin, he goes, I, wanna, I, I want you to let you know I, I just asked Jesus Christ 
to forgive me because I didn't think he could ever forgive me for what I did. Well, I looked at him and I said, what did you do? He said, I killed three people and I ran away and hid in the army. Killed three people. Hid the evidence and joined the army to run away, hoping that he could hide from what he had done. But Jesus called up to him. And not only did Jesus catch up to him, but Jesus forgave him of what he did. And you know what that young man asked me? He said, listen, is there any way I can turn myself in? Because I know I did wrong, and I'm willing to face that now. Because I don't feel, I feel free of the guilt of my sin. And I want to face the consequences. You'd say, well, you, what'd you tell him? Well, I told him he'd have to do what he thought was best, but go ask the chaplain. Do you like that little pass the buck? Somebody else... I was afraid he'd kill me, but big guy. But, uh, you know, listen, you don't have to live with the pain of your past. Listen to what Isaiah chapter 1, verse uh, number 16 and following says. Wash yourselves, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Listen, isn't that wonderful? Listen, you know what he's saying? He says, I don't care how dark the stain seems to be in your life. I can take care of it. I don't care how deep the stain. Now, some of us uh, uh, that do laundry on a consistent basis understand this. There are some stains that are big and dark, and there are some stains that seek deep into the clothing. God says, I don't care which one you have in your life. I can take care of all of them. You don't have to live in guilt, and you don't have to live in fear. I love what uh, 1 John chapter 1 Verse 9 says, he says, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? We have hope today that even though we sin and even though we fail, and by the way, we all fail. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's what Romans 3.23 says. Paul's not, Paul wasn't, wasn't hiding any, any, any punches there. He was saying, let's, let's get it all out on the table. We've all sinned. But thanks be to God, he's provided a way of salvation. And there's hope in that. I don't know about you, but I don't like living in guilt. Hello? I don't like living in guilt. I don't like living in fear. And... Yeah, when you do wrong, sometimes you have to be punished by the, by the, by the authorities. But when you, when you sin against God and he forgives you, there ought to be a great peace that comes over our heart. And there's hope in that this morning. Do you know how many people spend sleepless nights wondering whether or not their past is going to catch up to them, whether or not they're going to be found guilty, whether or not they're ever going to make it to heaven or hell? And the good news is there's hope to know for certain where you're going when you die. And you can live in freedom and peace. Let me talk to the church for a minute. There's hope for your past. Well, I thought we just covered that. Well, we did for sinners. Well, let's talk about the church for a moment. 
Because there's many people who in church that live under the guilty conscience of the things they've done in the past, living for Jesus, but still feeling guilty. Can I tell you something? There's a marvelous scripture in the Bible that says, for whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And I'm going to tell you, all of us have a past. All of us have a story. Your story may be more detailed than mine, but we all have a story. We, Paul says we've all sinned. We've all been there. The problem is we in the church have to realize there's hope that we, as Christians, can let go of our past. I hate to tell you this, and it may be uh, mind-blowing to you, but there are Christians today, or people that claim to be Christians, that are going to church, seem to be living for God, but they will never make it to heaven because they let their past keep them from going. What do you mean, Pastor? I'm talking about unforgiveness this morning. I'm talking about bitterness this morning. Let me, let me be straightforward and honest with you. If you have bitterness in your heart, you're not going to make it to heaven. It'll drag you down to hell so fast, you won't even know what hit you. I, I don't believe that. Well, the Bible says if you don't forgive people of the sins they commit against you, God won't forgive you of your sins. I think it's pretty evident in that. And Christians are the worst people to judge. The worst people to hold grudges against. And the worst, to bring condemnation on others when the Bible says clearly we got a plank in our own eye trying to get the, the splinter out of our brothers. But there's hope for us too. There's hope that if we ask God to forgive us of the things of our past, God can forgive us. And you know what? You can be free of your past. Pastor, you don't understand. I had a tough childhood. Then why don't you let God show you how to take your rough childhood and to be free of the guilt of the things of the past and be free to live in freedom? Look, there's hope for you this morning. I've been hurt. Pastor, you just don't understand. In the past, I've been hurt. People have hurt me. People have used me. People have have spit on me. Well, you know what? Jesus had all that too. But Jesus forgave them on the cross when he was hanging up, black buddy, uh, bloodied up, head bloodied up from a crown of thorns, nails to his hands and feet. And when all the pain and all the agony, Jesus still forgave them. And you and I better get a clue, folks. Because if you want to live a free life and you want to live a guiltless life, you're going to have to put all your past under the blood. Shame on us Christians for using... Past to, 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 to not let God use our present. Shame on us. We ought to hold one another accountable. When we say, well, you don't know what I've been through. You look at the brother or sister and you hug them. You'd be surprised what a hug will do to some people. You hug them and you whisper in their ear, well, is it under the blood? Have you given it all to Jesus? Because you're never going to be free of it until you do. But there's hope for that this morning. There is hope that you can live a free, guiltless life, free of sin, free of the past, and not letting it hold you down. There's hope for you this morning. There's hope for this church this morning. No matter what the past of this church has been, you listen to me. No matter what the past of this church has been, God is greater. 
No matter what sins have been committed in this church in the past, God is greater. And I will tell you something. When we ask God to help us move forward and to put all that under the blood and to stop using that as a crutch for why we can't move forward in Jesus, you're going to see hope arise and you're going to see lives change and you're going to be free and be smiling when you come in the doors in the morning. Because that's what hope is. That's what hope does. It reminds us that God is on our side. And will somebody please remember the scripture that says, if God be for us, who can be against us? I'm often reminded of the fact that, that, that people are, 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 are just, just, so, 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 uh, just so tied up. And as a pastor, it hurts my heart for you. When I see ones of you who are just struggling because the hope just seems like it's just right out of your grasp. But let me tell you something. It's not out of your grasp. Reminds me of the story about the man who, who, uh, who tied up the, the monkey just so far out of the reach of the banana. And every, every so often that monkey would try to reach for that banana, but he'd choke his neck every time he tried to reach it. He just got so 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 used to being choked up that one day the owner took the the uh the chain off the monkey and the monkey never again tried for the banana even though it didn't have a chain on it just figured that if it reached out it'd get choked anyway you know that's how some of us are regarding our past and working in the kingdom of god and working with other believers and and trying to uh follow god in obedience We've been so hurt in the past. We've been so tied down by our past that when God frees us of our past, we still think we're tied up. You ask God to free you this morning of your past, I'm going to give you a clue. He will set you free. And leave it there. Crying out loud. Leave the past in the past. Let it make you a better person, not hold you down like a chain. It's like swimming with bricks tied to your feet, some of you. Pastor, that's kind of mean. Well, no, spiritually, it's what's happening. I just want to go with bolt cutters and just set you free. And the Lord reminded me, he's already done the work. I don't have to do the work. He's done the work. You've got to let go of your past. You do. I can't do it for you. But there is hope for freedom from your past. Now, is there hope for freedom from our past? Praise God, there's hope for the present. Now, some of us don't feel that way. We get to where we're bound up in times and, and we think we're in all kinds of trouble and we, we can't see God to the right or to the left, to the back or to the front. We can't see Him under us. We can't see Him above us. And we wonder how in the world. But can I tell you something? That God has given us hope for the present. Now, you listen to me. Don't you think for one minute God doesn't have everything in this country under His control? He does. He knows exactly what's going on and exactly what's going to happen. And I got great news for you this morning. No matter what happens in that election next week, I got news for you. Jesus Christ is still King of kings and Lord of lords. Ain't nothing going to change about his position. Ain't nothing going to change about how he is. Nothing's going to strip him of his power. Nothing's going to strip him of his anointing. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't have to worry about that. 
And I want you to know there's hope for us. Let me read you what Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only in that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Can I tell you, we have hope this morning because when Jesus left this earth, he didn't leave us alone. Amen? I want to think about it. He didn't leave us alone. Listen to what... uh, Lost my spot there. Isn't that bad? Listen to what John says in John uh, chapter chapter 14. Listen to this. It says, verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. Aren't you glad that we have the Holy Spirit this morning? If you don't have the Holy Spirit, I got news for you. You can have the Holy Spirit before you leave here this morning. There is hope that day by day in this world we live in, you can face tomorrow knowing Jesus Christ is on your side. So, well, Pastor, what about the problems and trials we face? Well, I got news for you. He didn't leave us to face them alone. That's what this this promise is about. The Holy Spirit inside of us to help us stand up to the devil. Listen to what uh, 1 Corinthians says. In uh, 1 Corinthians 10, verse number 13, you might know the scripture, but this is what it says. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. But God is faithful, uh, whom will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also be able to make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Aren't you glad there's nothing God has put us through that we can't survive? Told you about that woman who tried to commit suicide on that TV show. I'm telling you, listen, there is hope for today. There's hope for our past, but there's hope for today too. Jesus didn't call you, didn't die on the cross for you to live every day bound in sin, falling in the new temptation every day. But he gave us a hope to know that even though he's not walking beside us, his spirit is dwelling inside of us, and we can say no to sin. We can say no to sin because he said no to sin. Matthew chapter 4 talks about a temptation that Jesus went through in the wilderness. And every time the devil would come up, and he didn't tempt them with with, with drugs or alcohol. Hello? Hello? Listen, he didn't tempt Jesus with little things. These were big things. I mean, I don't know about you. I'm not a baker nor the son of a baker, but I can tell you, you can't take stones and turn them into bread. It's impossible. And and he's talking about throwing yourself off the roof of the temple, landing on the stones below and not hurting yourself or, or giving him all the kingdoms of the world. These these were temptations big to Jesus, and yet Jesus knew exactly what to do when Satan came to him with temptation. He did exactly what God wants us to do, and he quoted Satan the word. 
Both, all three times Jesus spoke, he spoke quotes out of Deuteronomy, either chapter 6 or chapter 8. He spoke him the word of God. And by the way, can I tell you, that's why I encourage you to come to Bible study. That's why I encourage you to come to Wednesday night discipleship, uh, Sunday night discipleship class and Wednesday night Bible study. Because let me tell you something, friends. If you don't know what the word of God says, you can't use it against the devil. If you don't take the time to learn the valuable lessons and the powerful words of this book, you will never be able to say no to sin in your life. He put this, listen, we live in one of the greatest ages of mankind. We do. We live in one of the greatest times. All you've got to do is turn on your computer and you can find the Word of God. You can turn on your phone and you can find the Word of God. You can find the Word of God written in thousands of languages and all kinds of different translations of English. You can read it in third grade English or read it in King James English, which is right around a college age reading level now. But you can read the Bible in all types of ways. You can hear it read to you. You can see it. They've even got it in Braille. You would think that in this great day and age we live in, there wouldn't be any sin because we've got the word everywhere. And yet it seems to be a time when sin abounds the most. Maybe we've become too common with the Bible. Maybe we treat it as something common and ordinary when it's something supernatural and powerful. But I can tell you something, we ought to be thankful. Praise be to God, we live in a day when we can turn around and find two or three Bibles in our home or turn on. I love being able to I'll be out somewhere and somebody asks me, where's this found? I can search it up real quick on my phone or on my iPad. I'm telling you, what a wonderful day we live in to have the Word of God everywhere. And yet we don't use it hardly enough. He gave us His Word. He gave us His Spirit so we could say no to temptation, so we could live like He lived. We have hope. You know there is hope for you tomorrow that you can live a day without sinning. Listen to me. Listen to me. Tomorrow you can say no to sin and yes to Jesus all day long and go to sleep living an abundant, filled, free life. We'll talk about it tonight more, but, but listen, you can be better tomorrow than you were today. Because you choose to let your actions and reactions be defined by holiness and not by uh, uh, other people around you or by, or by whatever the world is doing these days. Anytime we try to, to, to match what we do based on what, what, is, what is going on around us, we're going to find ourselves falling short. But can I tell you, friends, God made it a way, a hope that tomorrow you can actually live without yelling at your spouse. You can live all day tomorrow without yelling at the people that cut you off in line at Walmart trying to buy all the extra batteries. Come on, I'm preaching right where we're at this morning. This is reality of what he put, what he went through so that we wouldn't have to go through. Well, what about the trials and problems? Yeah, they're going to be there. But you can live in a free way, abundant living, because what Jesus did, and he gives you hope to say no to what's wrong and learn to do what's right. There's hope for all of us tomorrow. 
We might actually go a day uh, without wasting time. We may go a day where we read our Bible two times instead of once. If we were honest with ourselves and we were truly following the letter of the law, we'd be reading the Bible at breakfast, we'd be reading the Bible at lunch, we'd be reading the Bible at supper, we'd be reading the Bible when we wake up and when we go to bed. We would take the Bible with us and when we had a break, we would pour it into our minds so that the knowledge of God would increase in our lives and we would know what's right and wrong. And when other people came to us, we'd be able to offer them hope that there's better living out there for them. I didn't say if you follow the word of God, everything about you is going to succeed and you're going to be rich. I'm talking about going to sleep knowing you live for Jesus every single minute of this day and you're happy about it and you're free and you just feel like today was a good day. Do you know how many times Christians go to bed every night disgusted and mad and anxious about tomorrow? Why? Because this book is so simple to follow, and yet we choose to do everything but follow what it says. There is hope for us, folks. There is hope that if we use this word, and we read this word, and we digest this word, and we allow his spirit to help us make the right choices instead of the wrong choices, we can have abundant living. And we can see God do miracles in our lives. We can see God do phenomenal things. We can go to bed at night, can't wait to wake up the next morning and go to work because Jesus is going to be there. Can't wait to go to school tomorrow because Jesus is going to be there. And there's going to be opportunity to share hope with people that they don't have to be bullies in school. They can live a life where they actually like everybody. Wouldn't it be something? (laughs) I know I shouldn't meddle, but I got time. Wouldn't it be something if you wake up in the morning tomorrow and the first person you come to greets you with a frown on your face and you smile and said, I just want you to know I love you and Jesus loves you. And I'm going to pray for you that the next five minutes of your life will be revolutionary. And that God will take that frown off your face and replace it with love, hope, joy, and peace. And you will be able to walk the rest of this day in freedom knowing Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. We're so glad you joined us today, but you really should visit in person. Service times are at 10 o'clock Sunday morning, 6 p.m. on Sunday night, and 7 p.m. on Wednesday night. We're located at 582 Rockingham Road. It's on Highway 5 across from Roadway Inn in Bells Falls. You can also visit our website at www.faithchristianag.com. God bless you. Have a great day.